0: health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard talk to me guy and Sherry Edwards as we know is working on the SoundHealthPortal.com. to find out more about the sound health portal I suggest going to SoundHealthPortal.com, scrolling down to the bottom of the page and clicking on the video button and seeing one of the live workups that Sherry does in a webinar and records and watch the process of how she takes a very what seems to be a simple audio recording of someone's voice then runs it through software that breaks it down to all of its various frequencies and bits and bytes and then runs that through the programs any number of the programs on the sound health portal some of the examples that currently are available as campaigns are corona conflict stem cells fibromyalgia and bio diet and it takes the voice and you'll you'll see this it's It all comes together when you get to watch her do it because then you see the kind of information that can generate in states of imbalance. It's an amazing tool. Really great work. To hear and share replays of this show about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, you can go to talktomeguy.com, just like it sounds, all words, talktomeguy.com. Scroll down that page and you'll see this show there, as I say, in about 20 to 30 minutes with all of the show notes, all the links that we talk about, Anything that just pops up while we're talking, I'll put in the show notes so you can go and find that later. References to Dr. Davis's other books and his new program. Very exciting, really. We're we're here now in a great way. And you can go there and you can see the show notes, listen to the show replay right there. And at the bottom of the show notes, you'll see a little microphone. And if you want to leave me a message and say, What about this, or what about that, or could you follow up and ask this question, or that kind of thing. Just leave me a voice message, and I'll get back to you. With that, William Davis, MD, provides solutions to health problems by addressing the microbiome. Massively disrupted in modern people, he shows readers in his new book, SuperGut, how to restore important lost microbes such as lactobacillus roteri, Restored by using a unique method of yogurt fermentation that smooths skin and reduces wrinkles, restores youthful muscle and strength, deepens sleep, reduces appetite, and provides many other youth-preserving and anti-aging effects. In SuperGut and on his website, drdavisinfinitehealth.com, he provides additional do-it-yourself, at-home strategies for benefits such as improved mood, improved athletic performance, better sleep, heightened immunity, and improved body composition. Dr. Davis is also responsible for exposing the incredible nutritional blunder made by official health agencies. Eat more healthy grains. The wheat of today is different from the wheat of 1960. Thanks to extensive genetic manipulation introduced to increase yield per acre, eliminating wheat results in beyond everyone's expectations. Substantial weight loss, correction of cholesterol abnormalities, relief from inflammatory disease like arthritis, better mood, reduced blood sugar with many type 2 diabetics, being freed of insulin and other drugs, all articulated through his Wheat Belly series of books. He's also a champion of individual self-directed health, as discussed in his book, Undoctored. Dr. Davis joins us to talk about his new book, SuperGut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. Welcome, Dr. Davis.
1: Thank you, Richard, glad to be here.
0: I'm excited. I have a a curiously odd start point with you because we were talking a little bit backstage and I realized I would interviewed back in 2013 and followed your work and thought it was really so greatly relentless, (laughs) really wonderful. I think you have a great willingness to be curious when we first talked back in 2013 about wheat belly you took an amazing amount of criticism and other bad words but an amazing amount of criticism for what you were writing about wheat and grains I'm wondering if you went to a Walden style school as a child you're a rebel I mean you were called very bad words when you released wheat belly in 2011 around 2011 who are you? How did you get to be this person that's willing to stand up and go, no, I don't think so?
1: Richard, over and over again, I saw the futility, the uselessness, the harm introduced by conventional notions of diet and health. But it took, for me, a lot of blunders. So this goes back almost 30 years. But I followed um, Dr. Dean Ornish from mm-hmm. the New York Yeah, The mm-hmm. low-fat, super low-fat vegetarian guy. And I, I heard him talk. This is a time when I was doing what's called cardiovascular interventions, doing stents and uh, atherectomies and angioplasty. But I heard him talk, claiming that he reversed heart disease. Well, I heard that talk, and I decided to put myself on that program along with a lot of my patients. And I became a metabolic disaster on that program. (laughs) I became a type 2 diabetic. My triglycerides Uh were sky high. I had an explosion in what's called small LDL particles, the real cause of heart disease, not cholesterol, the big pharma trumped up oh. the Kool-Aid version. Uh-huh. And so uh, uh, I called Ornish, and he told me, you're eating too many white flour products. I said, no, I'm not. So I went off the program, became a non-diabetic, but it was an illustration to me. You know, most me and my colleagues back then knew nothing about nutrition. And so I started to educate myself, learn And I have since, of course, become a non-diabetic. It's very easy to do. I have perfect blood sugars. But that was one of the first steps. Then my mom, uh, in New Jersey, underwent a two-vessel coronary angioplasty. In other words, she she had a disease that I dealt with every day in a cath lab. And that's what we did. We aborted heart attacks, opened vessels in the cath lab. But she died just several months after her successful two-vessel coronary angioplasty. Richard, it was a... Vivid illustration of the futility of trying to deal with a dangerous disease in a cat lab and not preventing it. So that's when I brought a device from Northern California. Back then, it was the electron beam tomography device from the Imatron Company in oh. South San Francisco. And we bought one. We brought one to Wisconsin, and we were scanning people left and right looking for hidden heart disease. You know, Richard, you find it everywhere. But the conventional answer back then, this is 25 years ago or so, was take Lipitor, ask for low-fat diet and oh. exercise. Oh. Well, we helped publish these data. If you do nothing, the score you get from those scans, called the coronary calcium score, as an indirect reflection of the amount of atherosclerotic plaque you have. The score goes up 25% per year, if you did nothing. Of course, no one's going to do nothing. So we helped publish the data that showed that high-dose statin drugs, lowering cholesterol, uh, low-saturated fat, aspirin, exercise, et cetera, yielded no effect whatsoever. The experts, the so-called experts, Richard said, well, don't rescan people looking for the increase. Just let them have their heart attacks and deal with it in the hospital. I was disgusted oh. by, that, absolute by that answer. So I set myself to try to find out a way to put a stop to this. And it took some stumbling and zigzagging, but it led to some very crucial lessons, such as, If you add vitamin D to the mix, you finally see these scores drop. They Uh not only stop increasing, they actually drop. It also led to the idea that uh, let's reject this ridiculous notion of cholesterol that should have been thrown away, Uh cast off 40 years ago, um, and we we can replace it with superior testing as Dr. Ron Krauss at UC Berkeley has studied. He did extensive study, he and his team, showing that small LDL particles Caused by the consumption of grains and sugars, amplified by excessive insulin responses. That is the real cause for coronary disease. So, if grains and sugars cause this small LDL particles, and virtually everybody with coronary disease has this, not high cholesterol, an excess of the small LDL particle. You take grains and sugar out of the diet, and it goes to zero or some other wonderful low number. But people would say things like, "You didn't tell me I would lose seventy three pounds." You didn't tell me I'd have to stop my insulin and other diabetes drugs because my blood sugar was so much better. You didn't tell me I'd lose uh, 10 inches off my waist. You didn't tell me that my blood pressure would drop so much I had to stop three blood pressure medicines. In other words, I I didn't do this, setting out to put a stop to coronary disease. uh, uh, I'm sorry, put a stop to all these diseases. I did it for the purposes of gaining better control over coronary disease but I stumbled into an insight that, of course, is contrary to all prevailing ideas of healthy diet.
0: My guy was the McDougall diet. All, you know, all vegan. I think he that was actually, it was the Pritikin diet that did the thing where he ate a loaf of, a baguette of French bread every day. That was his thing. You know, a lot of these people who did not come here your school of thinking, So that's why I think you're, in the best of ways, such a radical (laughs) because you're you're back ending into helping people with their cardiovascular diet issues, air quote, issues by changing what they're putting into their system versus adding a medication to the mix and thinking that's going to make the fix. It's really you're a radical and I like that. It's it's (laughs) and maybe it doesn't seem like it sometimes because it's an arduous task to keep going up against the system but i think at this time you must be adapted enough and i bet you have a darn good microbiome that's going yeah we're on his team you know the the reward richard is
1: not the criticisms it's the people the huge numbers of people who have said things like i'm not a type 2 diabetic anymore my uh skin rashes have disappeared my depression has lifted I finally lost all the weight that I could never lose on other diet efforts without even trying, without counting calories, without limiting fat. In, other, in a lot of ways, Richard, what we're doing is just simply reverting back to the way humans were supposed to live all along before dietary guidelines, misinformed dietitians, and doctors got in the way. We're just going back to the way things should have been all along.
0: And I, I know the audience is tired of hearing about them, but I'll, I'll toss this into the mix. My grandmother lived to be 106. Wow. She, she ate and she, well, she was old enough that she came across the United States in a, in a, literally in a wagon as a child. This was not a choice like, oh, the flights aren't happening. This was how long ago it was. She died somewhere in the sixties, I think. And so then she came to, so she came across America in a wagon with other people, came to Salt Lake, built a home, got married and ate organic her entire life. Now, when I say that, they never knew the word organic. They just grew their own food, used manure from their own cows, tilled the earth, weeded, weeded the garden. There was, no, there was no organic agenda. It was the cost-effective way people grew their own food. Mm-hmm. And she lived to be 106. She was vital until she was 104, and then she broke her hip. Um, so it's just, I think that's part of what you're, exactly what you're talking about is it, she is living proof or was was living proof that if you just eat good food that's clean, you will be well. There are exceptions right. to that. Go
1: ahead. She likely didn't eat processed foods from the grocery store. She probably ate organ meats like brain and heart and tongue. She probably fermented lots of foods for the healthy microbes that come because she might not have had refrigeration through all those years. So she did many things that modern people have lost.
0: And when did the Frankensteinization of our microbiome begin? Was it the the advent of the technological revolution or perhaps the sad American diet? St- excuse me, standard American diet. But it seems pretty sad. Um, when did this... When did we go from like my grandmother living to be 106 because she just ate real food to where we are now where it just seems like everybody has some condition and that that's the machine?
1: The, the most important milestone is probably the discovery of penicillin in the late 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course it took some years for it to become a mainstream drug and now of course it's dispensed like candy and a lot of the healthy microbes that are supposed to live in the human gastrointestinal tract are very susceptible to common antibiotics but it's it's gotten worse and worse because there's as you point out food additives like emulsifying agents and synthetic sweeteners also have a major impact it means that ice cream and salad dressings have major disruptive fa- uh, effects on your microbiome uh, other drugs uh, Stomach acid, blocking drugs, antidepressants, oh. statin drugs, birth control pills, all disrupt the human microbiome. Uh, glyphosate, the oh. of course, the uh, active ingredient in Roundup is an herbicide, of course, but it's also a potent antibiotic. But it's an antibiotic of the worst kind because it kills off healthy species and does not kill off unhealthy species, especially stool microbes. It essentially selects for un- unhealthy uh, stool species to proliferate. And that's just a partial list. There's many, and many other things, heavy metals, BPA. Uh, so the, and as each generation passes, the microbiome deteriorates further and further. Because if you have a mom, for instance, who's taken ibuprofen for menstrual cramps, took several courses of antibiotics. And by the way, most of us by age 40 have taken 30 courses of antibiotics. So a mom who's pregnant has starch with a disruptive microbiome that she passes on to her child, even if she goes through vaginal delivery and breastfeeding. So of each passing generation, the microbiome degenerates even further. And we've gotten to a point where it plays such a huge role in causing so much or contributing to obesity, failure to lose weight, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, neurodegenerative disorders, all the diseases, Richard, that are all across the board on the rise.
0: It's it's mind-blowing. I, I've done about six shows with Stephanie Seneff. So we've talked a lot about glyphosate, and, and she has some very interesting research that she's been doing looking at biofuels as being a tricky issue because a lot – like in Brazil, they make biofuels out of corn. Well, the corn is not – you know it's not non GMO it's just standard corn so that means it's resistant to glyphosate Glyphosate. so that means it's sprayed regularly with glyphosate and then you take that and make a biofuel and so then you're vaporizing the glyphosate out through the fuel pipe get kale pipe of cars so there's that um, but I mean our total toxic load I, I'm old enough that when we were driving I grew up on the Monterey Peninsula and we would drive up to what is now known as Silicon Valley back then it was just Menlo Park to visit our grandparents, the crop dusters would be dusting the Salinas Valley. And I would stick my head out the window and be dusted by the dust from the crop duster because how cool is that driving down the road and having a crop duster fly over your head. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> decades later I realized, oh, that was D V T because <laughs> I'm of that vintage. And fortunately we didn't live near ag areas, but we would drive through them regularly. And It's just that kind of thing from that moment from that sort of like aha. And that happened for me in sort of high school to college where I had that aha. And I began looking at and I think way back then I was talking about total toxic load. And it just amazes me how the our total toxic load, meaning environmental and what we're eating. Let's just talk about those two or what we're smearing on our skin has increased just by like a thousandfold since the time of my grandmother and it's it's amazing to me and and i'm so happy that you are so possessed in a great way and willing to look at the world of gut health and go no look we can be better if we support only like the foundation of everything that happens in our body our gut mm-hmm. it's you know it's really such a uh, wow what a wonderful thing i mean not only did you go after wheat then you've now evolved into Let's talk about the thing that breaks everything down and makes our bodies work. Let's all go live like my grandmother. I'd mm-hmm. miss TV. I'd miss TV. I'd miss the internet. <laughs> but beyond that, boy, was she a healthy ox. I mean, she really mm-hmm. was a healthy ox. This makes me want to jump to part two of SuperGut because I want to ask you about this conquering your frankenbelly and managing SIBO and SIFO. And I, I'm interested in these because these seem like a sort of a to me like a biomarker, a world a worldwide or let's just talk about the United States, biomarker of the state of our gut health is that there is so much conversation about SIBO. Am I am I sort of is that a view that makes sense to you that it's like, wow, when does this become a thing?
1: Absolutely, Richard, and I was skeptical. I used to tell people that small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, and SIFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, I used to tell people, oh, those are uncommon. They don't happen that often. Uh, But it's clear I was completely wrong. And, in fact, the opposite is true. It is an absolute epidemic. One of the turning points for me in recognizing this condition, I should mention, what this means is that all 30 feet of the human GI tract Not just the colon, where stool organisms are supposed to be, but the 24 feet of small bowel also, the ileum, jejunum, duodenum, and stomach, now house trillions of unhealthy, mostly stool microbes like E. coli and salmonella and and Klebsiella, where they live and die in rapid succession. These creatures don't live for decades, they live for hours. So rapid turnover, trillions of microbes when they die, some of their breakdown products enter the bloodstream this is a process finally validated once and for all by a a danish group i'm sorry a belgian group in 2007 dr patrice kenny and it's a process called endotoxemia what it Mm. means is we now understand that microbes living in the gi tract can be experienced via endotoxemia in the bloodstream as rosacea or psoriasis in the Mm. skin or as depression or Lou Gehrig's disease or Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's dementia in the brain or as the joint and muscle pain of fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis in other words virtually all modern common chronic diseases need to be reexamined in light of this very important finding but it also tells you one of the sad things as you know Richard is practicing physicians mainstream physicians are known to be typically 20 years behind the times and we have the gastroenterology community who is very eager to insert a tube into your throat for an endoscopy or a colonoscopy but have not kept up with the science the overwhelming science that tells us modern people are afflicted by this very common epidemic much larger by the way than the type 2 diabetes and pre diabetes epidemic much larger, even conservatively estimated a hundred million people, one in three Americans. And I wouldn't have said that even just a few years ago until mm. a consumer device came out. It's called the Air Device, A I R E. The company is food marble. I have no relationship with it except I now know the inventor, Dr. Angus Short, a PhD engineer, and we're friends now, but he invented this device for his then girlfriend, now wife who had irritable bowel syndrome and was struggling with what's called a low FODMAPS diet, low fiber, low sugar diet, he'd see her slip up and then suffer with diarrhea and abdominal pain and bloating. So he invented this device, very nice consumer device that talks to your smartphone that measures hydrogen gas that bacteria produce, but humans don't. And it in effect is a mapping device to show you where microbes are living in your GI tract. Well, So now we have this consumer device. I started talking about it with people. And what shocked me, Richard, was the number of people who tested positive and the rare person who tested negative. Mm. Some people would say, well, maybe the test is invalid. Maybe testing giving you misleading results. Well, here's what happened in thousands of people in my experience. People test positive. It's a zero to ten scale, zero, and low values are normal. High values are abnormal, uh, increasingly abnormal and the rise in four units is abnormal. Well, people would start, say, at 10, a really bad situation. They would take steps to eradicate those microbes that have proliferated in the upper GI tract, and they would say, you know, once and for all, I finally lost 47 pounds. Or my hemoglobin A1C, that reflects my blood sugar, finally went into the truly ideal range. Or my migraine headaches are finally gone. Or my rosacea, that was maybe 50% better, after eliminating wheat, is now completely gone. In other words, the drop in hydrogen gas, because of the pushing back of the SIBO, paralleled these pretty dramatic improvements in overall health.
0: So what was the device called again? What is it?
1: (laughs) It's called the Air device, A-I-R-E. And... The company is called Food Marble. They're out of Dublin, Ireland, but you can get it in the U.S. And a new device just came out literally two weeks ago. That's when I last talked to Angus Short. And the new device measures not just hydrogen gas, but also methane. There's another collection of microbes Mm. that produce methane gas. That is, uh, these overgrowth of methane-producing microbes typically cause constipation. Pardon me. So anybody who has struggled with constipation... Uh, should think about this. Now, you don't have to buy this device. It's a couple hundred dollars. You can use it over and over again. You can share it with people who you're close with, not your coworkers or neighbors, like you wouldn't share your toothbrush with them because you put it in your mouth. Um, But even though it costs some money, it's a lot cheaper than the conventional testing. Even if your doctor knows what hydrogen gas testing is and schedules you to have it done in a clinic or laboratory, it's several hundred dollars every time you do it. And it's a hassle. It takes many hours. It's, I don't think it's very accurate because the tubes of gas often are sit, let, sit out on the counter for a long time. The gas escapes. So I mm-hmm. think this device is really a game changer for intestinal health. But it is showing people that you don't have to buy the device to succeed. I also show people how to use signs or what I call telltale signs. There are signs such as seeing uh, fat droplets floating in the toilet that tells you you're malabsorbing Mm. fat. Or there are conditions like food intolerances, Richard. Like people say, oh, I can't eat FODMAPs or I can't eat nightshades like eggplant or tomatoes because it gives me gas and bloating. I can't eat legumes. I can't eat sorbitol, fructose, histamine-containing foods. All these crazy new food intolerances, these are virtually all, not all, but close to all, uh, reflections of SIBO. And if all you do is eliminate the food that causes your gas bloating and diarrhea and you get some relief, you're still left with this overgrowth of unhealthy microbes that can lead still over time to autoimmune diseases, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, colon cancer, neurodegenerative. So it's very foolhardy to bury your head in the sand and just say, ah, this is too much trouble, too much hassle, too much expense. I can't be bothered. It is – now, the sad thing, of course, you can't go to your primary care doc in most instances or the gastroenterologist who will say things like, Richard, did you consult Dr. Google again, right, because (laughs) you don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. That's an amazing idea. And so that leads us to – I have to ask about the – because this is such a gateway. No, I have to back up a minute. I want to ask about lactobacillus rotari which I know will lead us to talking about the yogurt of love, but talk to us (laughs) about the idea of, well, I, you know, it's, I, I, when I study for a guest, I have listened and read a lot. And I just thought that was such a great phrase. I look forward to the swag from Dr. Davis's website that says the yogurt of love advocate, um, because it's so powerful. Your the book itself, the gut, uh, Oh boy! It just slipped off my completely off my bench. That's amazing. Uh, super gut, thank you. Um, is such an easy guide to a gateway of health? I mean, it really is. Uh, you know, is there is there anything that can go awry by having a gut that's too, microbe beneficial microbe active?
1: I've never seen it. Because yeah. the, it's the opposite. That's the real challenge. The, because there's so many trillions of microbes in the human, G, normally in the human GI tract, adding some back is, 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 does not cause harm. That's not to say that some people who start with SIBO, uh, who take a probiotic or take some fibers, can say things like, oh, I don't feel good. I've got mind fog. I've got diarrhea and abdominal discomfort. In other words, the problem is not the probiotic or the fiber. The problem is your SIBO and how the unhealthy microbes in your GI tract are making you intolerant. So the job is not to just avoid those things like a probiotic. The job is to address the disrupted microbiome. Now, one of the phenomena that we have to accept has happened is all the things we've been exposed to, like the antibiotics, glyphosate, other drugs, have killed off species of microbes that did important things for us. And my favorite example is the one you mentioned, lactobacillus roteri, Which, if we looked at the microbiomes of indigenous populations, people who aren't exposed to all those nasty things, they all have roideri. If we looked at the chipmunk or the squirrel outside, or a chicken, or a raccoon, they all have roideri too. But almost all modern people have lost it because this microbe is very susceptible to common antibiotics, like Mm. ampicillin. So if you took ampicillin for a urinary tract infection or upper respiratory infection or sinus infection, you likely lost all your Rotorite. Well, when you replace it, wonderful, spectacular things happen. Because what it does is you get Rotorite. And the way we do that, by the way, is we cultivate it through what I call yogurt. I wish I didn't call it yogurt because it's not really yogurt. It looks and smells like it, but it's not it's nothing like the stuff you buy in the store, which does virtually nothing. But no. we ferment it for extended periods to get really high microbial counts in the hundreds of billions. We consume this yogurt that's thick and rich, add some blueberries and chia seeds or whatever. You have a half cup of this a day. It takes up, it colonizes the upper GI tract and sends a signal to your brain via the vagus nerve to release the hormone oxytocin, which your listeners may uh, recognize as the hormone of love and empathy. And so with the boost in oxytocin, people say things like, I like my spouse better. I like my family better. They're less annoying to me. I like my coworkers better. I understand other people's points of view better. But beyond that, that boost in oxytocin, the ladies love it, especially as you mentioned in your opening comments, because they get an explosion in dermal collagen and thereby have smoother skin with fewer wrinkles Hair grows faster, remarkably. Sleep is deeper. I'm a chronic insomniac. I now sleep nine hours straight through with vivid dreams. Appetite is suppressed. Food tastes great, of course, but you are in complete control over appetite. The ladies enjoy a preservation of bone density. There's a restoration of youthful muscle and strength. There's an increase in libido and the erotic content of dreams. When you think about it, Richard, all together, Higher, greater libido, return of youth and muscle and, and, and strength, uh, preservation of bone density, smoother skin. I don't think it's a stretch to say what we're ex- seeing people experience is turning the clock back 10 or 20 years. And Richard, that's one microbe. There's many others we can replace.
0: It's amazing. I've, I've done a number of shows with uh, Susan Bratton, who is a sexpert. And, and, and willing, I mean, she's willing to, boy, not with, not on our, our show, but I mean, she'll really get down and talk graphic on some shows in the best of ways. I mean, she's interviewed everybody. She's been doing this for 15 years. And we had a conversation where I suggested that libido could be one of the ultimate biomarkers of your state of health. And I think you have just confirmed that for me that it is a biomarker of a state of health. If you have a good libido, you are in good shape in a certain way. I don't think you can mock up a libido. All the blue pools in the world are not, not going to mock a true libido. That's just another pharmaceutical enhancement. But is that a, would you agree with that, that really libido? I mean, there are other, many other great benefits, as you say, hair, skin, improvement. The fact that we can actually care for one another, wow, is amazing. But could we say that libido could be a great biomarker of health in terms of it will indicate that you have a pretty good microbiome if you have good libido? I'm not trying to put sex. I just think it's, it's an interesting biomarker.
1: I think you're on the right track. There are other, other factors, of course, that weigh into libido. One of the effects that's been seen in animal models that we have not yet had a chance to corroborate, we've got several trials planned uh, to explore better this rotary oxytocin effect, by the way. But one of the effects seen in preliminary evidence is a major, so as as males age, they lose the capacity to manufacture testosterone. So it's not uncommon in your 60s, 70s and onwards to have low testosterone levels. Now, of course, the pharma solution is an injection of pellet or cream or gel you apply to give you testosterone. I think a better way is to cause your body to normalize back to where it was when you were younger by having your body produce its own testosterone. And so far, roteri and oxytocin appears to hugely restore youthful levels of of testosterone. I've had to ask several men to stop their topical or injectable testosterone because of the rise we get with the roteri. I want to corroborate that in a human trial, among other things. But it is, and that's one microbe, Richard. There's other microbes, but it's an illustration We're not talking about just having regular bowel movements. (laughs) We're not talking about just, you know, having less bloating. We're talking about really life and health-changing phenomena all due to replacing lost microbes as well as pushing back unhealthy species that have proliferated.
0: You're building, and you use this metaphor in the book. We're not quite there yet, but in the book talking about rebuilding the garden. And I mean it is really amazing the when I hear you talk about greater sleep I'm a terrible sleeper always have been and so it makes me want to like drop the microphone and go out immediately and get some El Rotary and make yogurt you know Richard I
1: I hear your pain because I spent decades you know watching TV at 2 in the morning reading books yeah Yeah. trying falling back asleep at five and then waking up feeling tired and crabby all day taking worst dose of melatonin so I, now with the rotary so decades of that with the rotary not everybody gets this effect but most do deep sleep those of us who wear various actigraphic devices uh-huh. these are things like Apple watch Fitbit or a ring that uh, indirectly track uh, such things as duration of REM sleep most mm-hmm. of us see about a 20% extension of REM sleep. That is the restorative phase of sleep that helps you maintain good mental health. So we're seeing – now, I actually added another uh, microbe that I fermented as yogurt, a very interesting microbe called lactobacillus, sorry, lactobacillus KCI Shirota. It's a commercial product called Yakult, Y-A-K-U-L-T. It comes out of Japan. Mm. And they sell it to you as they do with the rotari in very low counts. That's why we make the yogurts out of it, to get hundreds of billions of counts, because there's some data that tell us that when you get a hundred billion or more of the KCI-Shirodi, you get these outsized effects, including dramatic protection from respiratory viral illnesses. Mm. Well, I made yogurt out of that one, too. You can co-ferment them, too, together, and I ate that. Richard, I was sleeping 12 hours a night, wow. and... Deep sleep, not waking once, and then waking up after 12 hours, you know, go to bed at 9, wake up at 9 a.m., and saying to myself, I might sleep another few hours. I had to stop it. That's how profound the effect was for me.
0: Man, that sounds great. I haven't (laughs) slept for more than six hours in the past hundred years. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's slightly. i would increased my libido. Just thinking about that. Oh, my God, actually sleeping <laughs> for the night and not being up at three watching some silly movie. Oh, yeah, that is amazing. And so we we can co-ferment these. Uh, but you would you mm, suggest that people start with just the Rotary? And we're going to in a minute, we're going to talk about making of the the yogurt of love. I just can't help but call it that, uh, <laughs> talk about it because it's not – it's just making yogurt, and I don't mean to demean it, but it's not like it's rocket science. We've been making yogurt for thousands of years, it seems, or fermented foods of some kind, buttermilk, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, For full
1: benefit, it's really to someone's uh, uh, advantage to address the SIBO-SIFO first right. rather than throw mm-hmm. your poor rudder into a snake pit of unhealthy uh-huh. microbes. So there's yeah. that bit of complication, uh, but if you do it that way, if you think about SIBO first, take some steps to push it back, then add these microbes, that's where you get these kind of over the top effects. Now I do have an option for people. So if you have, if someone has SIBO, I think they have SIBO because they would have fibromyalgia or irritable bowel syndrome, or have fat drops in the toilet, or have restless uh-huh. legs syndrome, all the signs that you have SIBO. Well, you have choices. You can use a conventional antibiotic, which is not very good, by the way. It's about 40 to 60% effective. There are some herbal antibiotic regimens, only two of which have been validated in clinical trials, the candibactin and the FC Dysbiocide regimen. But I think I've stumbled on a third option, a very soft and interesting one. I call SIBO yogurt. I ask different questions. You know, if if you have SIBO, 30 feet of unhealthy microbes, and you take a conventional commercial probiotic, will it get rid of your SIBO? No, absolutely not. It might reduce bloating a little bit or diarrhea a little bit, but these haphazard concoctions called commercial probiotics typically do not push SIBO back. So I asked, what if we chose microbes, species and strains that colonize the upper GI tract? That's where SIBO occurs after all and chose species that produce what are called bacteriocins. These are natural antibiotics that microbes produce effective against the species of SIBO. So I chose three. I chose a strain of Lactobacillus gasseri, which colonizes the upper GI tract and is a powerhouse of these bacteriocins, the reuteri, our good old friend reuteri which produces up to four bactericins and likewise colonizes the upper GI tract and a strain of bacillus coagulants. We co-fermented as yogurt. And Richard, preliminary, about, out of about 30 people who've done this, 90% have normalized their hydrogen gas by the air. Wow. Device. Wow. So we will look at this formally in a clinical trial down the road. But so far, crossing my fingers in this very preliminary experience. And you know, Richard, it's not a frontal lobotomy. It's not exploratory laparotomy. It's yogurt.
0: I know. It's yogurt. It's friendly yogurt. I've been making yogurt on and off for 40 years, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just yogurt. Once you get used to making it, it's really pretty darn simple. Mm-hmm. Very, very um, so, simple. So, so let's talk about your yogurt of love. I will now quote, yeah, I will use that as a tweet somewhere. Please see Dr. William Davis's research on the yogurt of love.
1: <laughs> well, one so of the please, things yes. we do, so, so you, you already know that when you cultivate microbes, they don't have male and female microbes. There's no mommy and daddy microbes. They have something called asexual reproduction, where one bacteria becomes two and two becomes four. They just double themselves. And microbes typically double every two or three hours. Rotoride doubles every three hours at human body temperature. Well, if you bought yogurt at the store, one, it's made with kind of ho-hum species that don't really have much of an effect. And mm-hmm. two, it's only cultivated or fermented for four hours typically. Because if you're manufacturing something, you don't have the luxury of doing something for 36 or more hours. Uh, you know, In other words, if you had a shoe factory, it took you two weeks to make a pair of shoes or an hour, who's gonna make more money? So uh, commercial production's all about going as fast as possible. So they ferment for four hours where you can already predict if Rotary doubles every three hours, you get almost nothing in commercial yogurt making. That's why they add ingredients like carrageenan, xanthan gum, guar gum, gel and gum, to thicken it up because the yogurt is too thin. And they also start with skim or 1% milk. I start with organic half and half. I want fat, 18% fat. That's another conversation all of its own. We reject this notion of cut your fat, cut your saturated fat. Some of the stupidest uh, and outdated advice you could possibly come upon that never was had, had any real uh, evidence behind it. So we go for half and half for the high fat, the end product after 36 hours of fermentation, that's 12 doublings. I think the easiest way to let those write this to your listeners is to recall the kid's riddle, the old kid's riddle, which would you rather have? A million dollars or a penny that doubles every day for 30 days. Kids always say, give me the million dollars, not realizing that the penny becomes over five and a half million dollars but if you look at the sequence, the rise in money, the rise in money doesn't achieve big numbers until about day 28, 27, 28. So you gotta be patient. Well, the same kind of phenomenon of doubling applies to microbes. And if you ferment allow them to double, you don't get big numbers until about hour 33. And so huh. we go to 36 hours. And by the way, if you go longer, you start to get too much die off and you'll get further increases in numbers probably because of limitation of the resources, the sugars, and other things that microbes need to grow. And so 36 hours seems to be the magic number, at least for rotari. And that's where we get the, when we perform flow cytometry, uh, a means of counting microbes on the yogurt, we get around 250, 260 billion counts of microbes. That's part of the reason I believe we get these kind of over-the-top big effects.
0: It's in it's back to it's amazing to me because you're really talking about talk really about the making of the yogurt because people I think people think there's some hidden secret thing here and there is it's about restoring the gut health and you're doing it by adding good microbes to the gut which is pushing the SIBO away and creating a healthy a healthy garden. I'll go back to your use of this in the super gut. The use of the metaphor of the garden. Mm-hmm. Creating a healthy garden in your gut. Our body is a system. If we support it, it will work. And and just Absolutely. talk because you're really you want us to make the yogurt because the tablets talk about the the tablets that you're getting like the rotary and why you're smashing them up and making, you know, instead increasing your your return on your tablets by making yogurt because it gives you so much more. So talk just a little bit more about the actual making of the yogurt.
1: Well, the original inspiration, Richard, came from a series of very elegant, detailed studies out of MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. a cancer group who was studying rotari for its anti-cancer effects because we haven't talked about that, but Rotary has very substantial potential for being an anti-cancer microbe in the GI tract like colon cancer. Well they stumbled on all these a lot of these effects, thicker hair, thicker skin, uh, faster healing, Uh, healing time for wounds is cut by 50%, preservation of muscle, increased mating behavior. Uh, All these effects were first seen in mice so I got the microbial species. With microbes, we have to do something kind of tedious. And as we have to pay attention to not just species, but also strain. And to Ooh. illustrate, so you and I and your listeners all have E. coli in our guts. But what if you ate romaine lettuce from the Central Valley of California that got contaminated by Kalmodor? Well, you could die of E. coli. <laughs> same species, he called like different strains. When it comes to microbes, we have to pay attention to strain. And the two strains that were used in the MIT studies, DSM 1793, and sorry about these numbers, Richard, but the ATCC <laughs> A6475 strain, came from a Swedish company called Biogaia, and the product is sold as a product called gastrus, G-A-S-T-R-U-S. Well these tablets are made for infants, because when babies get this these tablets They have less bloating, less colic. They don't regurgitate their formula or breast milk as much. And they may have a shorter duration of diarrhea after taking an antibiotic. End of story. Not very interesting. (laughs) Just a little bit helpful for babies. But the dose of microbes was so small as to be almost useless in adults. Now it's my initial motivation for amplifying bacterial counts to really high numbers, a thousand-fold higher with prolonged fermentation as yogurt. Now since then, I've gotten seven other strains of Rotori, and I've made yogurt with all of them. And now, just anecdote, Richard, just anecdote, like using my conversion from a chronic insomniac to a deep sleeper. Every strain of Rotori has done this for me. We have an animal trial set up. We're going to compare different strains of Rotori, see if one is better or not. In provoking oxytocin, we have some human studies lined up. To look at the magnitude of skin effects by doing some other things so we'll be smarter in coming days so right now if somebody wants to do this and you want assurances that it will work you buy the gastrous product and start with those tablets with the baby doses uh, but I think it's going to prove to be not so much a strain effect in this case but a species effect that most species of rotaride that's my bet just based on um, anecdotal experience you know i have thousands of people making these yogurts so i've had a lot of other people say the same thing they've tried other species i sorry other strains and gotten the same effects but we will prove that in the near future
0: i'm not anti dairy and i'm certainly pro whole fat for goodness sake what are people thinking with that madness of low fatness i add this gastrous tablet to something like a some other product that's already fermented like a sauerkraut or a kimchi or you know some other kind of fermented product and will that enhance it or does it require the dairy to break down the lactose with that that microbe
1: you can add it Um, the one thing I can't tell you is if you'll achieve these kinds of hundreds of billions you'll probably get lower caps so you can add rotary or other microbes for that uh, matter so, you know, one of the things I tell people, Richard, because some people get overwhelmed. They say, oh, my God, all this talk of microbes is overwhelming. So I tell them, I laid the book out like this. Think of it like going to a restaurant. You walk in, waitress hands you a menu. You don't freak out and say there's no <laughs> way I can order all these appetizers and main dishes and desserts. You pick and choose the dishes you want. Well, the same thing here. You pick the microbe for the effect you want. If you want smoother skin, deeper sleep, let's make, uh, let's ferment the lactobacillus rotori. If you want reduced uh, arthritis pain, let's make bacillus mm. quite nice yogurt. If you want a smaller waist, less visceral fat, let's use lactobacillus gasseri. If you want improved immunity against viral illnesses, 50% less likely to get a viral illness, and if you do get it, 50% abbreviated, let's ferment lactobacillus casei, sharota If you want a healthier baby who has half as many bowel movements, half as many diaper changes for mom and dad, is more likely to sleep through the night, less likely to regurgitate formula, and as an older child, less, less asthma, less likely to be mm. obese, less irritable bowel syndrome symptoms, uh, and a higher IQ, let's well, ferment bifidobacterium infantis. So you can pick and choose. And if, if you don't really want the full effect, let's say you're a younger person in your 30s, maybe you don't want those hundreds of billions of the rotari. We can co-ferment with other microbes and mix it all up for a variety of effects.
0: Wonderful. So you can really sit down at the huge menu and pick an appetizer and just go start. Would you, would you think starting with the rotari is a great place to start for people because of the SIBO issue? or the possible SIBO issue? Let's get our basic gut back in balance with the rotary?
1: I, I think so, Rich. I think that's right, because as you recall, it's not just about oxytocin. It's also about colonization of the upper GI tract and producing bactericins. So it contributes to either pushing back SIBO or even preventing development of SIBO against all the other factors trying to cause SIBO. And you know what? I don't think it's a stretch to say that restoration of this lost microbe, lactobacillus wrought makes us better people. When uh-huh. you like your friends, coworkers, um, strangers better. People tell me this Richard, they say, you know, I go to get coffee in line at Starbucks and I introduce myself, the people next to me. I find, gee, I really enjoy talking to these people. And so <laughs> I'm hearing those kinds of stories all the time. I really do think you got to wonder, you know, all the, you know, there's always been hate and violence among humans or a violent uh, mm-hmm. species, but could have gotten worse with the loss of Rotary perhaps other species and the uh, resultant drop in oxytocin, the hormone of love and empathy. I think we could argue that. I have some other studies lined up to try to prove that, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, The federal government has sounded alarms because there's been a 35% increase in suicide since 2005. This is pre-pandemic data. They want to know why. Well, could the loss of Rotoride that's happened over the last 30 years, could that be one of the contributing factors? Because we know that people who attempt suicide have 50% lower oxytocin levels than people who don't attempt suicide. So we're going to explore that also. Uh, but I think it opens up some very important and interesting social and emotional questions also.
0: Wow. The idea of more than 10 years ago, I was hospitalized and I had 30 hours of surgery and I was in healthcare facility for a year. Oh, 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 wow. And the, right, yeah, that's a whole separate show. <laughs> Actually, that's more like I need to lay down on a couch and talk about that. Yeah. And just the idea, I was in a large facility, 250 beds, three people to room. There were, there were, you know, like curtains between you, three people in a small room. That was all your, you know, your barrier was three curtains, two curtains. And just the idea of everybody in that facility getting a half a cup of yogurt with a Rotary in it every day could be mind-blowingly transformational. Because everybody is stressed out of their minds, all the patients and the workers are all stressed out of their minds. It's a cacophonous atmosphere because you have a locked area where people are whacked because of mental states. And just the idea of everybody, just the patients in that facility having that every day could have transformed everything in in a way. I mean, I'm not saying it's a cure all, but it could transform people's experience and their attitude and they're willing to be kind to each other. Wow.
1: That, that would have be a- something. And, you know, of course, hospitals are loaded. All the surfaces, oh. staff, the air, the bedding, are all loaded with antibiotic-resistant stool microbes. Uh-huh. And so, you know, if we can bring back some of the good guys, yeah, that would be a good thing. But because of the attitudes of most of my mainstream colleagues, we're going to have to wait a long time for something like that to happen, I fear.
0: That's a that thing we talked about backstage where I want to use bad words. Yes. <laughs> I'll just say yes. Yeah. Um, it really is just uh boy. Wow. Once again, I thank you for being a radical. Um, I, I guess we have to cut, I didn't realize we were here already, but let's talk about the part three of the book. I love your, your witty, you know, take on titles. I don't know if this is you or your, co-editors or whoever but just the idea of uh, the combination of part 3 is gut reaction which is take a walk on the wild side love that and bowel power once again i look forward to the dr william davis swag with a hat that says bowel <laughs> power on the back so talk to us about that the the walk on the wild side and bowel power because people are so afraid to talk about their bowels so the idea of bowel power wow
1: yeah, you know, if there's one thing we'd like your listeners to walk away from, uh, a message they don't walk away with, is that people do have astounding power over their health. Even their internal dialogues, Richard, the, way, the things you tell yourself, it could be something hopeful and optimistic, like you start the day and look forward to it and the people you're going to interact with, or it could be a message, your internal dialogue of hate and despising other people and being angry. Now, a lot of that can be personality, of course, and other factors, but a lot of it is the microbiome because you can see it change. You can feel it change when you take these kinds of steps, like the rotary and other microbes or get rid of the SIBO. You know, one of the most telling studies gives me goosebumps. It makes me cringe. There was two German studies where they took that endotoxin, that's the stuff that comes from dead bacteria. Uh That gets into the bloodstream. Well, they incredibly took some of that endotoxin, injected it into normal people. If you miscalculate by even a teensy-weensy bit, they die. So it's a very hazardous study to conduct, but they did it. They somehow got it through the review board. And in two studies, they injected endotoxin into normal, non-depressed people. Within a few hours, they were profoundly depressed, and when they underwent brain MRI, they showed all the hallmarks of depression. In other words, you can cause depression with bacteria. And it's, you can cause a lot of other things with bacteria, but it's one vivid illustration of the power over what goes on in your brain and the internal dialogue that microbes uh, command, they, the power they have over your internal dialogue. Wow.
0: Isn't that amazing? All the byproducts. It's just amazing that that I mean, as you said, that's a gnarly kind of thing to do who volunteered to do have that injected
1: I was the same thing. They're brave. I give them right.
0: That's incredibly brave. Wow Um, But just the idea of back to the inhalation device You know, this is the world of there is some amazing technology out there Like I I am a fan of the aura ring because I think it gives people a lot of information I particularly like watching HRV and all that kind of information, but just that to be able to observe things and then to have this kind of, you know, back to the simplicity of my grandmother probably made yogurt. There was probably all sorts of stuff in there from, you know, cat fur to dog fur to, you know, just every kind of pathogen available to make a broad spectrum of things from probably an organic milk unintentionally organic milk full fat they didn't why would they take the fat out that's all another show and ate it on a regular basis because it's what they could do and it's and here we and, and, and here you are like you know 90 years later going you know we could make yogurt with this and possibly be happier and healthier and maybe even kinder
1: wow you raise an excellent point Richard. You know, people often think that taking a commercial probiotic is the most important thing you can do. It is not. It's probably Uh the last (laughs) thing of last least importance. Now that's gonna change as probiotic manufacturers get smarter and incorporate some of the newer ideas, like specifying strain, which most do not do, and incorporating what I call guild or consortium effects. Microbes are just like humans. They don't live in isolation. They have partners, clans, families, communities, and when you put them together, they have much larger effects. There's, almost, there's only one product I'm aware of, and I have, once again, no relation with the company except they're my friends. The BioDeQuest Sugar Shift product has incorporated Dr. Raul Cano's, a microbiologist with 40 years of academic experience, into this product, and you get outsized effects. Most products don't do that. Nor do they include what are called keystone species, important species that support other microbes, much as plankton support whales and jellyfish in the ocean. And so a probiotic, sadly, today is the least important thing you do, far more important, is what great-grandma did. Ferment veggies, ferment yogurts, kefirs, and other fermented foods. That's the key for a lot of people.
0: And when did the Americas become so anti fermented foods I mean other cultures the Koreans are renowned for it the Japanese now everybody I know is phobic to terrified by natto which I think is a phenomenal food product we were so anti is it part of that back to the beginning where we talked about the technological revolution was it when we learned to steam heat things to kill everything do you think or that
1: was part of it but I think the biggest the pivotal change was the uh, availability of home refrigeration in mm-hmm. 1927, when Frigidaire discovered that Freon could be used as a refrigerant, of course not recognizing its ozone-depleting effects in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but right. nonetheless, it made up till then refrigeration was a very costly uh, process that only big companies could afford. Well, in the late 1920s, it became a home refrigeration more made it more affordable. And people started to refrigerate things, and they started to see fermentation that occurs on your kitchen counter at room temperature. They started to view that with suspicion because it looked rotten, and that's what people thought fermentation was, was rot. Now, I don't know why this has persisted better in South Korea and uh, Europe and uh, Asia, where they still, many still do consume kimchi, fermented sauerkraut, fermented meats. That's a, lot. That's a thing many Americans have forgotten about, fermented meats like sopresadas that are rich in very beneficial microbes like Pidiococcus and Lactobacillus. But bringing those things back is a very important contributor to rebuilding a healthy microbe. And the odd thing is, the science tells us, such as the science out of Stanford, by the way, the Justin and Erica Sonnenberg, the husband-wife team at Stanford, they just published a very important paper just a few months ago showing that the inclusion of fermented foods was extremely powerful, but curiously, the species of microbes in the fermented foods are not the ones that take up residence in your GI tract. Somehow, the presence of these fermentation microbes allows the restoration somehow of other healthy microbes. It's not quite clear how that is, if they're latent or they're somehow entering a more hospitable environment, but somehow... Add one microbe, say, like Pediococcus pentosaceus*, which is in fermented uh, kimchi, sauerkraut, and fermented meats. And all these other healthy species bloom. So that's the magic of fermented
0: foods. Hmm. All right. There's another show. We'll just talk about food <laughs> sometime. <laughs> because there's a lot of what I think about people that go to Finland and eat fermented fish. And it's like, whoa, what is that? Wow, Uh, But they're healthy as oxes. Once again, they're healthy as oxes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's odd how we've gotten so frightened of fermentation. Yes, you go to the – I mean there's now 7,000 yogurts, most of which are, as you've said, or other foods. But they're all not what you're talking about, that's for sure. I'm sort of surprised – well, I'm not surprised. I'm kind of appalled that we're at the point of where I have to ask you – where would you like listeners to go find the super gut as well as find more information about your, what I think will be part two show talking about the inner circle program.
1: So the books available, despite all my critics in all major hmm. bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, books, a million, et cetera. Now I, I, I scrapped my very highly trafficked wheat belly blog with 30 million visits. I fold to simplify my life and other people's lives I put everything under one umbrella, which is the Dr. Davis, drdavisinfinitehealth.com. That's where people can find more about SuperGut, my blog. Uh, We have a a membership site where we have uh, frequent Zoom meetings and talk about things like this and talk about hurdles and and things blocking your success and the finer details of living like this. That's all the drdavisinfinitehealth.com website.
0: Great. Thank you. And there's a great blog there really great blog I have a number of articles one talking about is oxytocin heart healthy but that's another show and uh, some other stuff that I'm posting into my show notes talking about that and so I really recommend people go to that site and I'll put that in the show notes. That was great doctor really excellent. Well thank you Richard and thank you for thank all you do I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you very much. We're both radicals in our own way <laughs> And I think we need more of that. Uh, All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.